Welcome to the D-Shift Podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the D-Shift Podcast. And this one is going to be something that I think as women, we, uh, this, this one, this topic we're going to talk about is going to be something that I think as women, we really need to be able to focus on. So I have a, a really special guest, Amber Griffiths. She is the maker of legends and she's also a brand strategist. And I just love that title. And I have to tell you, I met Amber at, um, the speaker training I went to in New Orleans and it was just amazing. She was just this, wealth of knowledge and support and just such a nice person. And Amber, I am so happy to have you on the podcast today. Oh, I am just thrilled to be here. Marty, thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, just well, you are welcome. And and I was on Amber's podcast. So I want you to talk a little bit about your podcast too, before we end up this conversation. So Perfect. let's let's talk a little bit though about you. So Amber, what got you into becoming passionate about making legends and helping professionals, right? Or anybody really get started in creating their own brand and becoming a legend. Absolutely. I do work a lot with entrepreneurs and a lot with corporate people because whether you're in a nine to five job or a nine to nine job, whatever that corporate world looks like for you, or you're an entrepreneur and doing something on your own, we all get to show up with our personal brand. It's how we're recognized. It's how we are noticed. It's how we are remembered. So if you are the CMO of some company, if you are the operations manager of some company, how are you standing out in a way that people can feel you and experience you so that they leave and they're like, oh, that was, that was different. That was amazing. I, she saw me, she felt, you know, I feel like we had a connection here. That is what I'm all about. And I started my world. I was going to be an English teacher. I was going to be a pharmacist. And then I realized that is so not my thing. I realized what I liked about both of those things was the people. And so I've spent the last 20 years as a brand strategist and just the last really putting a title to the maker of legends, just the last eight, because I realized that branding and bringing out more of who you are into everything that you do, every relationship you have, that's huge. But really when I get really clear about my my purpose, like why, what makes me different and what makes me really light up and tick is that creating of legends because it's about the community. It's not about the individual. It's about how we're actually changing the world as we lock arms and move forward. So it's, it's been a heck of a journey, <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> and you know, that's what I think really appealed to me when we were sitting and talking and we went and had lunch together. We went for this whole long walk, which I, <laughs> I don't know why I need to bring this up, but we went for to go for lunch at, at this event and we ended up walking through like half of New Orleans from where we were to all the way down to the water. We had this right. this okay lunch. The lunch wasn't that great, but the walk oh, the conversation was, was phenomenal. So, um, so Amber, what, why do you think in today's world that sense of meeting somebody and making a connection, it doesn't seem to happen all that often, at least not to me. Like I meet a lot of professionals and work with a lot of professionals and it seems like like a lot of LinkedIn profiles and, you know, uh, Facebook stuff and Instagram. It's almost like you could just take anybody's head and stick it on that profile. Oh, very much so. And you wouldn't even know <laughs> like that there was a change, right? 
what what's right. going oh, on? Absolutely. Um, I think it's, there's a number of things that go into this. And I know that the last several years with the pandemic and being so isolated, it's just emphasized it. It really hasn't changed anything. I know people are noticing it more, but I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm like, actually, this is what we do. We are so worried about being judged that we hide. We show about 10 to 12% of ourselves. And so it's, well, you can see this of me and you can know that I have kids or you can know I have a dog or you can know that I really like tater tots, but I'm not going to tell you what actually matters to me because what if you judge me what if i lose you as a client what if i lose this as a job possibility and so we try to hide that part of this because what if it ruffles feathers makes somebody uncomfortable um another part of it i believe especially with those who are really passionate about what they're doing they care so much about how it lands they care so much about the result and the impact they're having that rather than jump in and do it wrong or have it land poorly or have it land off to the side a little, we just choose not to. Yeah. So it's, here's my profile page and you can see me and you want. And the more we do Zoom, as much as it connects us around the world, I mean, I've been doing Zoom before it was cool, people. Me too, <laughs> I was using Zoom a long time right? before the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is nothing new. This, oh honey, you're on mute. This is not a new conversation for us. Um, but I think it's allowed us to even take a step back further. A little bit and go well i'm fine maybe my camera's on maybe it's not maybe i'm fully focused maybe i'm not and so really so much of it is i don't want to do it wrong i don't want to lose a client i don't want to lose a job opportunity i don't want to be judged and some of it though this is this is i think the one that i really love to work with people is they think they're out there they think they have put it all out on the line they're like no you can know everything about me i'm here's my picture of coming out of the gym and here's my picture when i'm all swept up Okay, it's a different level of transaction because now we knew, know what you look like without hair and makeup. We still don't know who you are. Right. We still can't see you. So really, I think part of it is they think we think we're doing it. We think we're showing up 100 percent and we're just not. We're just not. And I think this is really important for women in particular, because I think a lot of women and, and a lot of the women all the women I work with are going through a divorce either or have recently divorced. And so it's, it's almost like during the divorce, you don't necessarily want all that personal information out there. And maybe all the stuff you were posting before, you know, the happy families pictures that is no longer maybe going to be in your wheelhouse, right? For some women, that's a really personal, like I don't talk about my personal divorce issue other than I say it wasn't a positive experience because again, there's a lot of stuff there that just, I don't feel anybody needs to know unless, you know, I'm working with you one-on-one. So how do you know where to, how do you know where to do that? How much of yourself to put into these things where you're, you can respect your own sense of, okay, I need to keep, we all have things we don't want public. I mean, I, right. oh, every absolutely. day I talk to somebody I went to university with, I'm like, thank God there were no cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> no I don't kidding. want anybody to see if those pictures. Things didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we absolutely. know what's, like, I get the idea of wanting to put yourself out there, but how do you draw the line or how do you help your clients understand where to draw the line and what needs to maybe not be out there for kind of general consumption? Oh, that's a great question. I love that. Uh, first things first, there's a difference between personal and private. So make that distinction. You don't have to know that I was having a bad day and I don't have to share with you that I'm having a bad day to show up as fully me. 
Um, so there's part of that is the distinction. You don't have to know all the gritty details of this relationship that didn't go well to really still know what you value most, how you're going to treat me and how it's going to feel when I work with you. So there's that portion of it. And the other the other part, I think, is that what are we telling our stories for? There's a lot of coaches out there, a lot of people, a lot of therapists who will say, you got to tell your story, tell your story, tell it, you know, tell it quits bleeding. Um, if you have some of these processing people, it's like you're going to stand on this chair and tell your story so you don't even want to hear it anymore. What I usually, especially when I'm working with speakers, why are you telling the story? Right. Do you need to tell it because you need to say it? Or is it going to somehow impact and help the person listening have some kind of an experience and a transformation? So you having a bad day, that doesn't, I'm sorry. But that doesn't really impact the listener unless you tie it in. Say the reason I'm telling you this is because I did A, B, and C to get through it or to get over it or to get out of it. I would highly recommend B. Don't ever do C again. But B totally rocked it. Let's go do that together. That's a different level of I'm sharing my story so we can experience this together. And it's not just here's my private life. Enjoy. Right. And and I think that's really important because I hear a lot of women, I again, a lot of the women I work with say, I would like to become, you know, I want to have my own company or I want to be an entrepreneur or I want to become a consultant or a coach or whatever. But right now, I just feel like I can't do all this social media stuff because I'm I'm still recovering from the divorce. And let's face it, that can take months or even Definitely. longer to get through. So I think that's Absolutely. a really important point that you brought up amber that you can still be there and be authentic and be be open and available but you don't right. have to give away all the dirty little secrets and the the, the details about your life yeah yeah, yeah. This, this is not a therapy session for you if it is you should take it offline like honestly like that's that's not helping your audience necessarily unless you allow them to experience it with you Unless you bring them in and say, this is what I'm actually doing. This is not a conversation with your doctor. We don't need to know all the gory details. Like, you know, use a little bit of power of discernment there. Like, just decide, eh, this is, yes, this is going to help my people. Yes, this is going to connect me with my people because I know they can relate to this. It's, it's a different kind of storytelling. Do you have a particular platform and I'm not asking you necessarily to, you know, go into the, the pros and cons of the different social media platforms. But is there one where you just find people tend to be uh, more authentic or is it equally, you know, equally represented? Are people equally represented? I, I, and let's just stick, if you're OK, let's just stick with kind yeah. of the maybe the the top three, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, and, and Instagram. Do you do you see yes. that there's a difference between those platforms with what you need to do to be seen as authentic? Yes. Uh, yes. I think really what you need to do to show up as authentic and be seen and be felt and be experienced, that's across the board. I think what happens way too often is with Instagram and Facebook, you have a really great opportunity to connect on a deeper level, but it's this facade of everything's fine. So I don't want to post that business was rough this month. I don't want to post that, oh, wow, I, I showed what mattered most to me and I got totally dumped on. Like I missed, you know, the client said, nope, never mind, I'm not for you. We don't want to share that. So sometimes it becomes this really beautiful, here's the best of everything. Right. And then you have LinkedIn, which there's sometimes there's a lack of personality, like a distinct lack. They're very business oriented. They're like, let's just get together and figure this out. 
but you don't see a whole lot of pictures of food or kids or puppies on LinkedIn. <laughs> so it's there's an opportunity on every single platform to show up as you. You just get to decide how to use that best. If you're a speaker, if you like to talk versus write, do a live video. There's very little that's more authentic than that. And I'm not again, I'm not talking like is your hair makeup done? That's a different thing. Do you tell me what matters most to you and why it matters? Can I feel it in there? And can I find myself in your story? And you can do that on every single platform if you choose to. But it's definitely a it's an intentional behavior to to do. So that's social media. Let's and I know you're not that's not necessarily your you know what what you are directly working with people is on social media, but it's part of the package, I think, for most people now. What about your speaking clients? Because I know you really work with people mm -hmm. to become more uh, effective speakers and to get their message out there. Public speaking is a really big fear for a lot of people. How do, yes. you, how do you see helping people through that? Or do most people come to you already pretty comfortable with the public speaking aspect of uh, their own marketing and strategy? Uh, it really is kind of across the board. I have these people who are like, I think I want to be a speaker. I had a business coach that said the best way to build my business was to speak. And that's true if you do it well. And it's not true if you do it like everybody else. Because then it's just more of the same and it's just noise and everybody's wasting time. And you don't get paid. Your story doesn't get out there. Your, mes your message doesn't get out there. Your vision does not become a reality. So if you can show up in a way that's you, awesome. And if it's just about confidence, I can help you with that. I work with amazing geniuses at, at speaker confidence that can help you with that. And then I also have the ones who are like, well, I've done five TEDx talks. I'm still not making money. I still want to, I can't build my list. I can't get people to show up when I do something. What am I doing wrong? Working with a couple of TEDx speakers right now. And it's because the TEDx has a very strict format. And very little of you gets to come out of that. You still can. But it, you have to work within very specific parameters and make sure, like, again, it's very intentional to make sure that you comes out in that. One of the things I work with speakers is on their isms, the things that we naturally say all the time. I have a pile of amberisms that I know that I say them only because somebody will say it back to me and, and kind of wink. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do say that a lot. <laughs> that's, that's an amberism. And we work so hard, especially as new speakers, to get rid of that. And that is such a misstep. I'm like, that is part of what makes you you. It's part of what I talk about, Legos or Tater Tots, and I get a weird smile on my face. My audience can connect. The ones who understand the Lego and Tater Tot conversations can go, oh, yeah, I knew that about her. That's, really, that's so weird. But I let them into that little piece of who I am. So if you've been speaking for 20 years, there are ways to get paid without getting paid. Sure. So like I, I, there's some of those speakers, I'm sure you've met them too, where you're like, I'm not, I'm not going on stage unless I get paid. Yeah. I'm like, well, your, your revenue is entirely in your hands, sweet cheeks. So let's figure out a system and a process to get that supports it in the back end. So there's follow up, there's a pre, there's a show, and then there's a post show. Let's make sure it all flows. Let's make sure I can feel you in it. Because what gets you booked again and again, and what gets that revenue coming in all the time is not necessarily your content. I'm sure it's great because you're great and you're fabulous and you're a genius. But it's being able to have that brand that is such a living, breathing entity that it grows with you, it expands with you. So when you show up on stage, and if that's one to one or if that's one to 10,000, you speak and you see your people, you let them feel seen, and they just breathe you in. 
they just, they carry you with them for the rest of their lives because it's an experience that they gained from you, right. not just knowledge, right? So there's ways to do it no matter where you're at. There are absolutely ways to get your vision out there, speak your message, use your voice, and get paid. Because I, yeah, and, and that is so important because there's obviously, and we could, we could talk about this for hours, but you know, there's really, you have to know what your purpose is in speaking. Like, are you, are you trying to promote a social cause? Are you trying to get paid? Are you trying to sell a program? Sell from stage is what they call it, you know? Right. And, and right. then there's also like, you know, people that maybe haven't been in this speaking thing, there's also pay to play stages where some right. of the speakers on that stage are paying five, $10,000 for that 45 minutes. They get to get up there and tell their right. story because they've got an offer they're going to make at the end and they're yes. betting that they're going to make that money back and then some. So right. understanding, right. you know, if you do want to get out and get public speaking, working with somebody that understands the different stages that understands the how to use those stages and how to maximize them um i think most of us are just happy to get on a stage and share our story and hopefully reach some people uh it you know most of the people i know Absolutely. i should say now i do yes. i do you and i both know some people who are um very high level speakers who probably don't do a lot of free stuff but I also know that they do come on and speak at different events when that's something that's of their their passion and their interest. So right. when it yeah. matters to them. Absolutely. There's you're absolutely right, Marty. There's so many different ways to show up and so many different reasons to show up. And there's no wrong answer as long as it's real. As long as it's you. Right. Right? I mean, if you're showing up to try to sell, there was one time I tried, I was speaking at a workshop, I was just this guest speaker that came in and I'd never sold from stage. I'm like you know what, I'll just try it. And even halfway through the offer, I'm like, I don't want these people to buy it because what if then I have to work with them and I don't know them. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. And if you think the audience can't feel that, you are mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so do it in a way that's authentic to you and it's going to be great. So I have one other question because I know you you are the maker of legends. Um, what What is your difference or how do you differentiate between somebody who's say a celebrity or uh, I think your terms are a celebrity an icon and a legend right how do you know how do you know which category you're in and how do you know which category you want to be in oh my goodness okay so that's a whole other hour but here's the bit here's a 30 word version of it celebrity it's all about you right you want to be seen you want to be noticed you want to be recognized there's nothing wrong with that own it is I just want people to be able to, I walk in the room and they go, oh my gosh, that's so-and-so. Icon is very similar, except it's usually associated with something particular. It's, she's this person for tater tots. She's this person for donuts. She's this person for uh, child labor. This, she's a person for women's rights. It's associated a little bit more closely with that, but it's still you. When you are a legend, legends are not made on their own. That's not how it works. Becoming legend is so much about the community that you build. So really, you don't have to show up. I work with legends. I call them my reluctant legends. They, you will never see their face on stage. They're in the backdrop doing everything possible, moving heaven and hell to get this message out there. And that is how they become legend, even though they did not take such a stage ever. Right. But they are creating this movement, this community, this collaboration among people to go forward, lock arms and lock hearts and souls and change the world. And that's legend. 
I love that definition. I, that's what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> totally good. Totally good. And, and, you know, I think that that's, you know, just listening to you in there, the passion for that you have in, in creating this is just so evident. And so that's why you're, you're your own legend. Amber, what do you think is the biggest hurdle or obstacle that, and I'm going to bring it back to women. I know you work with both men and women, but let's focus on just women. What do you think is the biggest hurdle that women have when they make up their mind? Okay. I I want to take this path. I want to create this movement, this community, this um, well of knowledge for people to be able to access. What's the biggest hurdle to, to get started down that path? Um, I think you just, it's all about the jumping, right? You know, you know your stuff and you have the passion. So you just have to take the first step. You just have to realize you're going to land fine. It's going to be okay. So just jump. But I think what really catches us and especially women, it's part of why I love working with women is without an idea of how to do it our way. We lean into what we've seen. We learn into somebody else's process, some other way of doing things. And that's part of what really it's like tying weights around your feet. There's no way you get momentum and start running down that path when you're trying to do it the way somebody else did it. Even if they had your best interest at heart and said, oh, you should do A, B, and C. If it's not the way you really want to do it, it's, it's part of why I think I love this so much is I have such an issue with authority that I'm like, I'm not doing it your way. This is, I will do things my way. Yeah. <laughs> to finish, we're doing it my way. So when you are able to have the confidence and support to create that path, it is truly yours where you get to decide the speed and when you stop to smell the flowers and when you sprint forward, that is what gets you success because that keeps that light inside fully, fully glowing. That's because doing it somebody else's way will stifle that inner awesomeness. It just mutes it. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I can't, I can't, I want to just yell that out. I want people to you know, take that. Who's saying that Frank Sinatra? I did it my way. You have my got way. to make that your song because yes. if you, I've been in a mastermind, I'm not going to name any names, but where we were lockstep to do things a certain way, like milestones and you had to do this and you had to do that and you had to do the other. And I did all that stuff and I'm calling it stuff politely. Um, I did it all. I got the course done. I got this done. I got that done. You know, I did the Facebook lives. I did. And none of it was authentic. Not one thing because it was not where I knew my heart was. It wasn't. I, you know, I, I felt rushed through some of the steps I had to take. And so working with somebody that respects that and says, what's your vision? Okay, now how can we make this work? Um, right. I think that's it's the way that makes sense for you. Yeah. You know, you talk about these people who don't want to do social media, then don't. Yeah. Honest and truly, there are people not on social media. It's okay. If your idle client is on it, then we'll have a conversation of how you engage with them in a way that doesn't create, doesn't require 17 reels a day. Right. It just, it's part of that. You get to show up with purpose. Get real, get loud with purpose. It's, it's, it's what makes it work. And that's what we need to touch on. We're just about out of time, but I want to touch on that. Yeah. Get real, get loud with purpose. What is that, Amber? That is my podcast, and I'm so excited about it. it is, it's still very new to me. I'm interviewing these people and getting them out because I want to get their stories out there. And if I can create one more platform that allows them to show up, not in a here's my scripted nonsense kind of way, but here's my heart and soul, and this is why I care about the people I work with, then that's a win for me. 
Yeah. So that's what it is. It's the Get Real, Get Loud with Purpose podcast. And I, all that information is going to be in the show notes. But before we do that, what would you like people to remember when they, you know, finish listening and they go on about their busy day? What would you, what's the golden nugget? You get to show up as you like a hundred percent. If you figure, if you think you are now, you're probably only showing up 10 to 20% as you. And there you have about 10 to 20% of the joy, 10 to 20% of the revenue of the fulfillment, all those things. What if you could double that? What if you could five to 10 X that in the next 90 days? Imagine the fulfillment, the revenue, the joy, just by showing up more as you. That doesn't take a lot of expensive tools and tricks and things. You just get to be real with your people. So if you can't, if you put a post up, if you send an email, if you do a blog, read it out loud, take out your name and your logo. If I can't feel you, it is coming across as generic and sterile and you are forgettable. Go back and put yourself into it. You can that, do it. I believe in you. That is such a terrific message. I, and I, that's a really great tip too, is to read it and then see what, what in here is Marty or what in here is Amber and what's just words. Yeah. Yeah. It's often the second step. We don't do it naturally. Right. So write your stuff and that's fine. Don't edit, you know, don't censor, get it out. Then go back and add. Great. So you've given a ton of information, Amber. What is the best way for people who want to find out more about what you do or maybe want to work with you? Where should they mm. reach you? They can reach me. Go to, please, I invite you to go to speakermoxymoxy.com. Piles and piles of stuff are there. And if you can't do that, reach me at, on email or LinkedIn. I'm Amber Griffiths. I'm your brand by design at, on LinkedIn. I'm very accessible there. Thank Come you play. so much. Thank you so much, Amber. And please, everybody do reach out. At least follow follow Amber on social media because she has some fantastic posts I always enjoy. And I can, I can tell you, Amber writes her own posts because there's no AI going on there. So um, Amber, thank you, for your, thank you for your time and your wisdom and your passion for what you do. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening in to this episode of The D-Shift. And don't forget to tune in to the one that we're going to have launching next week. Thanks for listening and supporting The D-Shift Podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join The D-Shift Crew. For more details and to sign up, Head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.